0: Thank you for joining us here on Talk Money. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker.
1: You know, we've got Joe Bentley. Joe is, does an outstanding job for us. He's a frequent guest of ours, and he is, you know, the one of the portfolio managers for Advantage Capital, and just uh, he's a vice president. I mean, I need to give him the title that he
0: deserves. Well, absolutely. We and, give uh, Joe all the props he deserves. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> Joe, welcome to the program, sir.
2: Well, thank you for having me today.
1: Well, let me ask you this. The biggest question is we see jobs, claim, you know, the jobs rates come in a little lower than expected. But I'm more interested in what, what you think that's quantitative easing has done. Why? I mean, it's ended. It's over. You know, and uh, I guess my thought is... Um, I thought the market was going to stop. I mean, everybody has told us, you know, I mean, I say everybody, no, that's not true. But the reality (laughs) is the media has said many, many, many times that uh, if we're not careful, that's going to be a problem. When quantitative easing ends, the market's going to struggle, and yet it's not doing that. What's your thoughts?
2: Well, it uh – it clearly has added a little bit of volatility to the markets here. I agree. I mean, That's good. Yeah, I mean, if you simply you know, look at the mood swings that have been in the market here, uh, and you know, a lot of them were, you know, coming uh, as we approached the end of quantitative easing here, and people were a little bit nervous here. But you know, from the middle of August to uh, early uh, mid September, you know, the markets were up six percent. We're all excited. You know, the the uh, tr- you know ten-year Treasury up twenty-five basis points. You know the market's great, and then what happened? Then the S and P corrected uh, nine point four three, or you know somewhere 9.5% nine and a half percent. Nine and a half, yeah. Uh, you know the ten-year Treasury went down. We were all of a sudden we're, we're nervous about you know uh, you know the end of of, of uh, quantitative easing. We're, we're worried about global growth. We have a number of things, and then but you know all this, then you know. What's our rally now from the bottom? About ten and a half percent, and you know, there's a lot of things going on here. I, I think I've got a little more gray hair here in the in the <laughs> last uh, couple
1: months. <laughs> Well, my partner here has no gray hair. He has no hair, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, this is hey, radio, that was always man. the joke.
0: I looked like Brad Pitt before 2008, and Joe, I worried a little bit too and have zero hair left.
1: Is that why you're on radio? That's, that's exactly why. why.
0: Uh, exactly.
1: You know, but I mean, I do know that that's, uh, it has created a little bit of a problem. But last night I, I was in a meeting, and uh, Joe, this is a question that came up, and it, it was one of those things, you know, what do you think about Europe and, and specifically Germany? And then what do you think about China? And then, of course, the reality is with this U.S. economy seem to be moving in the right direction and the world, the rest of the world, seem to be doing anything but moving, are we beginning to decouple ourselves with the world? Are we kind of moving away from that? I mean, uh, I thought it was a great question last night, and that's why I wanted to ask you today.
2: Well, I think what I've been focused on here is, is I've looked at company earnings uh, here uh, in the last quarter there's a big difference between the companies that are domestic-oriented versus global. Uh, you see much better strength that are coming out of companies that, uh, uh, that don't have that, that global orientation. Because when you look at Europe, uh, there's some strength there between uh, the U.K. and Germany, but the rest of it is, is really still in a, in a bit of decline. Uh, you see uh what's happening in China uh, where the slowing of growth still good but you know it it's slowing dramatically uh look at what happened last week with uh with Japan you know you want to make uh you know the, the, you know that strength and their quantitative easing uh that happened without uh having some nervousness about what's going on in that economy uh you need uh, and so there's a lot of things that are uh, happening globally that just aren't uh, here domestically, and I think part of that is 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 that the consumer feels pretty good about himself. Uh, you know, as we saw this morning, the jobs number was uh, uh, remained pretty strong here. Unemployment has come down. People feel better about uh, about their uh, employment situation. Uh, you look at uh, their housing. Uh, if you look at the CoreLogic Home Price Index at the end of, uh, of the quarter, uh, up 6.4% on a rolling 12-month basis. Not, not too bad. Uh, so uh, you know, when the consumer uh, feels good about his job, feels good about his, his wealth, uh, and the home is the biggest part of that, but you're also having some strength in the, uh, the uh, equity markets that's also contributing to that, what happens? They go to the, they go to the malls. They spend. Absolutely, they have, have a lot of fun uh, with that. And so, you know, when you look at the amount of the U.S. GDP that's dependent on consumption, uh, it was better than sixty percent. You're going to see uh, some strength here domestically that you're not going to be able to participate in uh, on, a, on a global mm. uh, uh,
0: market. Joe, I think that's a great point, and, and and one of the other questions that we always get a lot from clients is is about the dollar, and the, and you know that makes the headlines a lot. The strength of the dollar, and a source, of course, of you know what that does to to oil prices, and is that's what's driven down the gas prices? Yeah,
1: which I want to talk a little bit about that too. But I mean, the reality is, most everybody gets concerned if the dollar weakens. They would rather see the dollar strengthening, uh, Joe. I, I mean, that's just really not what we want. And so, help us understand that. Help our listeners grasp what we say that the dollar needs to be you know obviously a strong dollar but not so strong that nobody can buy our goods and services help us understand that thought process
2: well you know part of it is is you know, we're moving you know in the in the economy here a little bit where the the fed is uh, to being much more hawkish where at the same time the rest of the world is is uh, becoming more dovish mm-hmm. uh, in in their uh, their monetary support and so, you know, that sets up, you know, for some pretty str- pretty good strength of the U.S. dollar uh, here. But what that does becomes becomes a retardant of the uh, domestic economy because we're not uh, our our goods are are much more expensive as we export from here. Mm. You know, we do have a nice benefit here uh, uh, with the uh, domestic economy because the consumer and the strength of the consumer. Uh, you know, the U- when you have the U.S. dollar, you're buying foreign goods. Uh, that that dollar goes a long way. A long
1: way, exactly.
2: And and so I th- I think we have some uh, 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 some real strength uh, that's that building here domestically. Uh, but you know I think you uh, when you look at the dollar uh, that that could uh, just uh, you know be a little bit of a wet blanket here on uh, overall.
0: And Joe, I want you to back up just one second and explain something for our listeners. When you say that they are dovish or hawkish, tell us what that means.
2: Well, it's it's uh, uh, expressed probably the most here in uh, when we talk about quantitative easing, right. what what we're doing uh, from uh, the central banks uh, that are happening, and and so when uh, you're doing things that are supportive of growth or uh, or trying to pick up the strength of the economy, you know uh, that's you know that's dovish, uh, and and then just the opposite uh, it becomes uh, hawkish, but. Uh, uh, when you look at relative uh, uh, currencies, uh, is uh, you know when uh, the buying power, uh, the the strength of the economy, all that goes into uh, what you're going to have in terms of relative uh, currencies. We could go on for hours on that one, but gotcha, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, general, you, know, you were talking about the consumer. Uh, let me read you something that I that I've got about what's going on. You talked about lowering the gas prices, and I want to come back to you this because I think there's some opportunities, and I think we want to talk about the energy. Infrastructure, but here's the you know, Keith is just kind of a statistic that we looked at. It says the national average price of gasoline has dropped 31.5 cents per gallon from 1231.13 to uh, 1031.14. So now that's in the last basically the nine you know, 10 months,
0: right through the end of October to the end of October.
1: So it's gone from three dollars and about 32 cents a gallon to down to an average of $3. I mean, in Memphis, we're buying gas here for $2.60. I mean,
0: right. it's unbelievable. Unbelievably low.
1: Since every one cent decrease in the price of gasoline, Joe, it says, saves Americans about $3.69 excuse me, million. I get that billion on my mind. Right. Million. The price decrease. But a day, of, every, day, every 3. 31. billion. $31.5 cent decrease is what they're talking on averages, is equal to a daily savings for the consumer of $116 million. I didn't think about that. That's right. But that—that's that's, pennies add up. Yeah, those pennies add up. <laughs> so, because real money. And, that's and, you right. know, when you think about that, that's exactly, Joe, that's real money. It puts money back in our pockets, and we're out using that money to buy those things. So for the small business owner, I had talked to a guy yesterday about He's a small business owner, and he says, you know, you're telling me that the economy's improving or this is improving or that's going better. But he said, I don't feel that. Now, what would you say to the small business owner, if he's not feeling it, what's going on? What's the problem there? Is it, uh, I mean, is it something maybe his product is not being sold? Or, or what do you, what would, why would it not have been affecting that small business owner?
2: Well, you know, uh, one thing I do want to point out, though, is small businesses probably created more jobs uh, here recently. Uh, if you look at the ADP report that came out uh, this week, uh, their job uh, report. Uh, small businesses created one hundred and two thousand uh, jobs medium sized businesses created one hundred and twenty two thousand jobs, but large businesses only created five thousand jobs and so you have you have some building strength here. I think when you look though at the impact of lower gasoline prices it 's probably more impactful to uh, the the lower uh, uh, Earnings, uh, or the the strata of of, of the consumer that uh, doesn't earn as much money, uh, because every you know every uh, dime savings on on gasoline is is more important to them, whereas uh, you know, uh, folks that are making a lot more money that it it isn't as impactful to a spending decision, and you know frankly when you look at uh, retail sales in the United States, it's uh, it's one of these twenty eighty. Uh, things where you know the highest uh paid uh ha- are much more impactful on uh retail sales right and so it's a uh so you know uh maybe the, the perspective of of here is, is much more of of that market that uh this person is serving.
1: Well, that's, that's what hard. I told him too, Joe. And I think also that this, you know, sometimes uh, as real estate seems to be moving, but it's not. It's not as robust as, say, maybe car buying. I mean, we've seen some enormous amount of car buying going on this year. We've so,
0: averaged over sixteen million years. Right. For, I think has been like a lot of pent up demand, yeah.
1: right? Pent up demand, and and that's kind of what. Talk a little bit about energy for me. The uh, the master limited partnerships. We see that a lot, and. Uh, give me some right. Insight. We
0: talked about oil prices from the standpoint of a strong dollar, Smalling but what dollar, about you know the you supply? Know,
1: what is <clears> the <throat> supply? Supply and demand. What's, what do you think there? The infrastructure, the whole gamut. We got about three minutes.
2: Well, we're uh, we're really uh, changing how uh, we uh, we uh, we bring uh, oil, natural gas, uh, and natural gas liquids out of the ground here in the states. This shale res- revolution is real, and. It is going to be a low cost of energy uh, that uh, will uh, have legs here for many, many years uh, in the United States. What uh, is happening is as these fields are being developed, the infrastructure is also uh, being built out to move that product to the, the markets. You know, we've just gotten through earnings season here, and I continually to be am amazed at the billions of dollars that uh, these companies. Almost every company, uh, these larger companies, are talking about billions of dollars of of investments that they're making in pipelines and storage facilities and processing facilities and other things uh, that are going to set us up, again, for low-cost energy in the United States for a long period of time. You look at the differentials uh, today uh, of, of, say, natural gas versus here in Japan Uh, And in Europe, we're probably half to a third of the cost of natural gas. That's why you're seeing the growth in manufacturing come back to the States, is is that we have some, some of the lowest cost energy in the world. And that's going to continue to help us grow.
1: Well, you know, that's a critical thing. And, I, you know, I appreciate what you said. Let me remind our listeners, Joe Bentley, of course, is the vice president and portfolio manager for Advantis Capital, a frequent guest of ours and does a wonderful job in giving us some insight. But, Joe, I've got to make sure that I tell everybody this, that this is what we've been talking about is an assessment of the market Environment at a specific point of time, and it's not intended to be a forecast of future events, nor a guarantee of future events. And the information should not be relied upon to anybody for, re- for research or investment advice regarding any particular stock or thing or what we've been talking about. And of course, I've also got to say that uh, we're not recommending anything to buy or you know over the program, and past performance is not. Indicative. <laughs> a just simply is, one man's
0: opinion. <laughs> just strictly one man's
1: opinion. Well, you know, I, what I appreciate, though, it is a very educated opinion, and I thank you so much for being a part of the program today. As always, you know, Keith, there's it, it, just a few guests that you just come back into. And oh, Joe's always got some great Joe's insights for us. always got some great insight. And I think really what he's been able to tell us, is uh, things are looking not too bad. I mean, we're, we're moving along. And
0: what I want our listeners to understand is Joe is an expert. Joe yeah. is in this every day. Every Joe day. is doing this as, you know, this is his business.
1: Yeah, very <laughs> good. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you, man. All right. Oh, you by guys the way, have a great day. Yeah, and did, enjoy did you... the
2: polar vortex coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. Did
1: you guys get any snow?
2: Not yet. Ah. Not yet. But uh, <laughs> my son in Wisconsin uh, said that they had gotten some snow already.
1: Ah, so it's coming your way, maybe. Yes. All right. Have hey, a Joe, stay warm you. and thank thanks you,
0: a sir. lot. Thank you. I want to thank Joe Bentley, who did a great job on our show today. Landon Mills, Art Frederick, our program director. Francis Fortner, our guest coordinator. Eleanor Moskowitz and Katie Breshear, our production assistants. Finally, last but not least, our compliance officer, Jeff Long. I'm Keith Quinn. And I'm Jim Shoemaker. Please join us next week when we'll help you make the most of your money. Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.